Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Amerisave Wholesale Mortgage Solutions, or AWMS for short. Learn how Aussie AI, the technology platform that is the heartbeat of AWMS, drives a level of speed, accuracy, and consistency that allows broker partners to crush the competition in the eyes of realtors and referral sources. You'll have loans clear to close weeks in advance of the contract date because Aussie AI will work with you 24-7, 365 in real time. One condition at a time or all at once, Aussie will crush it for you either way. Get connected today by logging into the AMP AIM member portal. Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. I'm your host, JP Hussey of the Hussey Team Mortgage Advisors. And today, got my good buddy who I just met, Craig Messman, uh, Molitor Financial Group. Did I say it all right? You said it all right, my friend. So thank you so much for the yeah, uh, warm introduction. Yeah, no doubt. What, uh, what area are you guys in? Uh, we are located in Chicago. That's where our headquarters is. We've been here since uh, October of 2005 is when we uh, opened up our office. So nice. it's been uh, very interesting. You know, when we first started, it was uh, our founder, Troy Molitor and myself, and now we're over uh, 50 employees. Oh, nice. 15. I'm writing all this stuff down. 50. F- 50? Yes. Or even better, I guess, right? <laughs> like, you know, though, right? 50? Yeah. Like, we have, uh, I think we're a small shop out here outside Philadelphia, and we have uh, three LOs, including myself, producing owner operations, uh, processor, taking like nice and small, might be bringing on a couple other LOs. Um, but like, you know, man, it, it, you start small, 50 is great. There can always be some headaches, right? Always something, right? Um, but no matter <laughs> yes. what, if you are uh, uh, small or big, you're going to have some sort of headaches. Like we talked about with the audit right before this, you know, being yes. audited, you know, always something in this industry, man. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so why don't we start, get a little background. I know you said 2015, right, is when you started. 2005. 2005, I can't get any numbers right today. <laughs> 2005, but before that, you're like, you're you're an OG in this newer type broker world. Um, for sure, for sure. Where were you at before that? Take me through the timeline of until for now. Sure. So in uh, 2001, I graduated college and I went to work for a retail bank, uh, Sure, you heard of it, City. Yeah, and uh, I was there since uh, from basically uh, 2001 to 2005, and you know, from there, I decided, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself, and so I was in Indianapolis at the time. So I packed up my bags and I moved to Chicago, and I went to uh, a broker shop for a little bit to learn the ropes, and then I met Troy Molitor at a Starbucks, and. From there, we've uh, created a Molitor Financial Group. And so it's a, it's a boutique company um, with big lender capability. You know, my brother works for me, my father, uh, my old college roommate from the University of Illinois, several friends, several past clients, several acquaintances that we met along the way, several people that I've known since grade school. So all spread out throughout the country. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. Um, uh, that's really cool because that's what we do. Like everyone that works over at our spot, we were talking a little bit about it, um, is all friends of friends of friends, right? Couple never in the industry, which I like, you know, 
Um, and it, it just seems to go better that way than growing this big, big shop and, uh, you know, throwing stuff on LinkedIn or Facebook and just trying to recruit mass bodies. It seems like that's usually the way to go. And that's what it seems like what you're saying. Correct. I mean, the biggest thing is you get the personal connection. And then on top of that, just like you, um, all of our loan officers, but uh, one or two of them were actually never in the mortgage industry. And some of them have been with me for over a decade now. And so, you know, with that being said, like we personally train them from start to finish and they're doing amazing right now, even in this environment, we're a purchase based business. Last year we were 70% purchase, 30% refi. Nice. I just got some of our metrics from yesterday and we were at 91% last quarter. Purchase oh, that's business. great, man. That's awesome. Especially last year, still being a big refi market to be 70, 30 is uh, really cool. I mean, and, that, and like we talk about all the time, man, that's the longevity of this business. And for you guys to be in uh, the broker world and a company for, geez, almost 20 years now, right? Yeah. There's your longevity right there. And we're seeing it now. A lot of the, you know, places are going under. They were primarily refis. You know, it obviously this makes sense for everyone listening out there. That's if you want to be in this business for a long time, you have to be purchase focused, right? You're 100% correct. And, you know, when you're a purchase focused uh, operation, no matter what the market is doing, no matter what interest rates are doing, there are people buying and selling, relocating, wanting to expand the family, wanting to yep. upgrade, down, downgrade, you know, whatever it may be. And so you're always pretty much guaranteed business because you're on the purchase side. You know, on the refi side, there is no real commitment to people. Like they don't have to refinance. They don't have to pull cash out. They don't really have to do anything. And so you're kind of at the mercy of that clientele. Whereas on the purchase side, you got to, okay, we're closing on this date and that's it. So, you know, when it comes to the training and that kind of stuff, we really try and focus on building the foundation of your business the right way. We are typically, I would say we cater more towards the uh, conventional and jumbo financing uh, for the most part. So most cool. of our stuff is a paper. Our average FICO score is like a 762. 86% loan to value, roughly. Nice. So nice. we so, really try and, and focus our, our coaching and our, our teachings based on that, that purchase side of it. So that way we can network through that side of it to continue to expand our footprint. And I'm always of the mindset that, you know, I base everything on the rule of 250, right? So if we do a really good job for people, they're going to refer us two or three more people. If we do a terrible job for them, they're going to tell 250 people that... Ah you should never work with them again and on the purchase side of it it's very important to constantly you know keep everyone up to date on communication the status of the file because one of the biggest achilles heels that that agents have is communication yeah well if you're over communicating with somebody and you're telling them exactly what's going on what can they ever do or what can they ever say or how can they ever point fingers at you and say you're not doing your job because everyone, including the sell side, is in the loop as to what's going on in the transaction. So that way it's 100% transparent, 100% communication. And typically it's a smooth and stress-free closing uh, to some degree. Now you're going to have your situations where things come up. If you haven't been in the business that long where it doesn't, then uh, eventually it will happen. But you know, for the most part, we try and be as transparent as possible. And when there's a situation that arises, we, you know, we teach our people to over communicate. There is nothing worse than 
loan officers ghosting, you know, sending things to voicemail, yep. you know, only responding through email. Like, you know, you just got to stand up, you know, point the thumb and say, Hey, this is, this is our fault. This is what we're going to do to fix it and try and be more solutions based. And that should help you with, with each of these transactions. And that's one of the biggest things that we try and emphasize is, is communicating. If you're not going to hit that closing, then you ramp up communication even more constant updates. Here's where we're at. Here's where we need to be. Here's what's yep. going on. And it really shuts down that, that stress and anxiety, not only on our side, but on the sell side as well, because we got that seller, right? That seller mm -hmm. may need to relocate. Maybe they're using the proceeds to, to buy a new place. And so we really want to try and keep everybody in that uh, <laughs> happy place. Yeah, yeah, that, that's some. That's a really good point. I hope people uh, listen to that one because we try to do the same thing, right? Um, overly communicating. What I found is, uh, let's just take a number, 100 files, right? Almost every one of them is going to have something weird happen, right? Whatever your definition of weird is, right? Something's right. going to come up. But if you're overly communicating throughout the process and you get ahead of things, people aren't as upset as you might think. We get in our own head when there's an issue and like, oh my God, I got to make this call. I have to do this. What are they going to say? Most times, they're, most people are in today's world more solution-based, like you said. So just getting out in front of it, just saying what's going on right away, that usually people are willing to work with you. You're always going to have those one or two, like you said, where you get some asshole that totally is just not cool at all and they don't get the business and hopefully those people get out. But it just makes sense to overly communicate everything, good, bad, because people just want to get it done. That's that's the end goal. It's that simple, really. You know? Correct. Correct. So and I think that. I love to talk on that then because I'm reading some of the notes. Like I said, I told you I really didn't read it, but now I am because we're winging this, right? But yeah. it looks like, like you're saying, you're you have great systems, right? And operations. So if we simplify that real quick so everybody knows, what's the stack that you guys have, right? Like, take us through a bit, like maybe from when you get a new contract sure. to the end, what are you using? What are you doing to give some, all these people more perspective? For sure. So the three systems that we use are Flowify, MediPad, yep. uh, and Surefire. And, nice. uh, you know, we really try and emphasize, you know, using the technology to help make your job that much easier. So Flowify, we actually only use for the initial intake and clearing any conditions and that kind of stuff. That's what we use for a secure system. Obviously, LendingPad, you know, for the most part, I think everyone knows what a <laughs> LOS system is. And then Surefire obviously helps us with, you know, engaging with the clients, keeping people up to date throughout the, the process of loan. And then obviously after the, after the closing. But, you know, to answer your question in more depth, you know, the first thing that we do is we'll get it. We coach our real estate agents to make an endorsement. All right. It's not a situation where, hey, we're going to add you to the list, JP, and you're going to be one of the three because I always joke about this. I'm like, JP, when's the last time, you know, dating three people actually worked? It's, it's not ever going to work. work. So we really try and co coach them to say endorsement because then they're going to endorse us to the client to where we have the contact information rather than. Hey JP, I just sent your contact information to so and so, and you know, best of luck. Hopefully, they call you, and <laughs> and that's it. So, once we get that endorsement right away, within like five minutes, we're picking up the phone or sending them an email asking them when's a good time to give them a call. Once we set up that call, 
we'll walk them through the next steps. Hey, we're going to send out this initial application for you to fill out. Uh, and once they fill that out, then what we do is we take it to a second level. And that second level is setting up a home buyer meeting with them, where we walk through how the purchase process works, how we'll structure the financing. We talk about interest rates, closing costs, down payment. I even share how much I make because I never yeah. want a client to ever experience what it's like to buy a car. I think that's one of the worst transactions that you can ever have. And so we, we eliminate any of that uncertainty. And I say, hey, here's how much I make. This is how I get paid um, because I want you I want you to feel good about working with us yeah. because this is a relationship business. It's always been a relationship business. If you feel it's going to be a transaction based, you're not going to survive in this market with rates going up. And once people find out that you gave them a half a percent, you know, full percent higher rate or charge them additional origination fees, like not only have you impacted your business for the future, you've impacted those referrals, you've impacted any type of endorsement. So we really try and educate them and be 100% transparent. From there, we will send a recap over to the agents. So that way, then they can really tighten up their search. As they start seeing properties of interest, we send them over a loan comparison worksheet. Even if they don't make an offer, we always like to send that out ahead of time. So that way, the client already knows how much the payments are going to be. And more importantly, they know, you know, if they go into negotiations, if the seller counters, they already know what that payment is. And then from there, we really take the application, tighten it up, and then we'll send it to either a file opener or some of my loan officers are very seasoned where they want to be a little bit more hands-on sure. before they send it over to our disclosure department. And so we do things a little bit backwards. Um, we have a pod system, okay? And my most seasoned processor is at the, at the front end, not in the middle. Mm -hmm. So our processor, our most seasoned one is the one that actually generates the disclosures, you know, tightens the file, gets it ready for submission. Because what I found is it's easier to catch things on the front end than on later on in the process or even at the very end. So if you put your seasoned processor up front, they're going to catch everything before underwriting does. So we're operating mm -hmm. one, two, three steps ahead of underwriting. And then once we get that file back, we will then have that, you know, second level, that processor to handle it from there. And then we have a third party system that handles all our, you know, title, insurance, condo documents. We really like to take control of the condo docs. We don't outsource any of no. that stuff because we're in Chicago. So it's all condos or co-op. condos, yep. And then we have our closing department that handles the CDs, finalizing them, telling the clients, you know, how much cash to close is. We have our loan officers, assistants, helping out, et cetera. So, you know, that's our entire process. And what I found is, you know, the pods actually work really good because it helps with speed, consistency, communication. You know, it's a team approach. They want that file to close just as much as that loan officer does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for the most part, we do not cultivate competition either. So in this pod system, you have your, your team of people, but then you also have other loan officers working in that pod system. And you know, we're really all trying to help each other out. So, you know, from that standpoint, it's, it's very important to have that culture and that team approach and everybody working together. Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. A couple of things I want to bring up. Um, I see this is why I like doing these podcasts because I learn so much from other people, uh, other brokerages, because everybody's different, right? So we're obviously on a smaller scale in terms of employees with you guys, right? So we do the same type of thing. This is really just to validate what you're doing, I think is correct, you know, because we're doing it too. So we don't have as many people in there, the pods, but 
our LOs, including me, we get to file the contract in instead of that seasoned processor coming in, right? The LOs in charge of um, disclosing, right? Finding the lender, locking the loan, getting out everything. Because we use Flowify as well, which is a great tool. It's uh, that changed my life a couple of years ago when we yep. implemented that. I'm just pulling everything out, checking income again. Boom! It's it's right there, right? It's not like everything I experienced in the back when I'm giving checklists, saving the docs, put them in drop, whatever it is. <laughs> so we have that seasoned LO or the LO take control of that file up front, submit it in, right? And then it goes to the processor once it comes out of underwriting. So yep. you have a couple more people there. We're just a smaller scale. So I'm validating for other people out there on that smaller scale. Make sure it's really good on the front end, right? Yep. Like you said, don't wait to the middle where it comes out of underwriting. And then you're screwed because it goes back to your communication, right? right. Like we're communicating up front. We're doing the right thing up front. And getting ahead of things is always the way to do it in this industry. Sounds simple, right? But a lot of people don't know this, right? Well, JP, you know, before we got to where we were, I mean, that's exactly how we did it. Yeah. <laughs> but even going back further, it was taking the all the documents that were each side, you know, throw them through the fax machine, hoping that the fax machine would go through the whole time. <laughs> yep. And, you know, from that standpoint, but, you know, your process right there is how we did it before we came up with this pod system to help streamline things a little bit. But you're 100% correct. Being proactive on the front end is only going to save you time on the back end. And one of the things that we like to do to help speed up that process is once that file uh, disclosures have been sent and it's been submitted, we're not waiting on the approval. We're, we're ordering title yep. right away, finalizing insurance, getting the earnest money, preparing these clients for what they need to do. So that way we can submit that stuff if we can get it in time before that underwriter even touches it. And so I look at things like this, um, you know, especially from a relationship standpoint and a partnership standpoint, underwriters talk. Let's be honest. Oh, here's another messy file from this loan officer. Yep. <laughs> and underwriters have a quota of how many files they have to touch a day. So if we're putting these nice packages together and trying to eliminate as many conditions as possible up front, that client or that underwriter is going to appreciate that. Maybe they just slide ours to the top because maybe it's the end of the day. They're one or two short. And so, you know, we really try and help them out and create that partnership as well, because we don't want them sitting on an island trying to figure out a sloppy file or what, you know, no. all this stuff that's going on. Very rarely do we ever get a file in suspense and it's for stupid stuff like a, we're missing a second pay stub or, or a small, you know, another bank statement sometimes. But for the most part, you know, we really try and, and fine tune that up front. Now, there are some, you know, I don't like to call them cons. I like to call them challenges. And, you know, with our system, and one of the biggest challenges is integrating new members into that pod system, right? Mm -hmm. Because some people come from other companies, some people are brand new into the industry. So what worked at a previous company doesn't really necessarily work in, in our system. So we need to figure out a way to smooth that, smooth out that integration. You know, the other thing is really trying to make sure that everyone's cross-trained because mm -hmm. I don't want it to ever be a situation where, you know, someone leaves the pod and maybe they go to a competitor or maybe they're on vacation or maybe something just comes up and they're not able to show up for that one day. Well, we want to continue to keep pushing these files through. So I need to make sure everyone's getting cross-trained, but that's also a challenge, you know, especially when you're really busy in that it's like, Hey JP, I need an hour of your day to go cross-train. I don't have an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, I would say that those are the two things, but you know, 
the one thing I really like about it is really dividing that, that responsibility over so you know exactly what you need to do and each person stays in their lane. I think that's one of the biggest things to helping get these files through as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah, that that's important because in an industry where you can get pulled in a billion different directions, when you have the ability with your pods and how you've scaled to kind of put people like, this is my job. Obviously, you have to be, you have to jump around a little bit. That's going to happen. But if you know what you're doing, it kind of relieves all that pressure. And we all know when there's stress and there's pressure, that's when mistakes happen, right? So oh, being, I thought you were going to say people lose their hair. Or that. I'm working on that, man. Trust <laughs> me. Trust me. I'm going on my 11th or 12th year in the industry. So we're, I'm getting there, brother. You know. All right. You'll, you'll be there soon enough, my friend. Yeah, I'll be there soon enough. But that, that's all good. But yeah, that pressure and stress, when that's relieved, we've all had it. You make better decisions, right? And yes. it's, it's so... I think that's that's really cool what you're doing is having the pods, knowing what I have to do, and then people feel more comfortable. And that just translates to cleaner loans, quicker loans, uh, more positivity to go out to the, the real estate agents and the clients. And like you said, what, the rule of 250, right? It, yep. That works to get those two or three referrals instead of them telling 250 people that you suck and, that, and you couldn't, you know, calm your heart rate and you were stressed out. People feel that. Right. right. I'm a big mindset, mental guy. So people feel all that stuff, man. So For putting sure. that stuff and getting those things in order, that's huge, man. It's huge. Yep. We, we definitely try and do our best on it. You know, we're not perfect yeah. when it comes to that kind of stuff, but I also like the pod system because it's easy to promote people from within because they've learned our process and they've been here for a while. And then we can easily just, you know, stack them around. So that way then, you know, they feel like they're part of the culture. They feel like we're, you know, as owners of the company that we're actually operating in their best interest as well. Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than people feeling like they're on an island or, you know, uh, the owners aren't paying attention to me or they're not seeing how hard I'm working or anything like that. Like we're very in tune with, with the pod systems and in the culture and, you know, the pulse, mm -hmm. I like to call mm -hmm. it a pulse of, of how everyone's feeling. And so if we can promote from within that shows loyalty, that shows integrity. That shows that we're actually looking out to, to help you grow. And, you know, as we do these pods, it only prepares them for the next, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah, that pulse, the pulse line's great because as someone more at the top of the company or whatever, wherever we're at, you got to see what's going on with your employees. Sometimes, obviously the client's the most important, right? But we can't do right by the clients if employees are are on an island or whatever it is so that's important so if you're at the top of a company or an owner or whatever it is a manager yeah you got to look out for your employees first and then it does translate to the client you know just Correct. makes sense right Correct. so my question is and this is going to help me out too because i'm pretty <laughs> selfish about it right is right now right everyone's maybe not you maybe not really us but everyone's recruiting a little bit more right and like what was cool what you said is what we talked about is hiring from within or hiring from friends, family, whatever it is. So if you are hiring a new, let's let's start with a loan officer, right? It's tough because like I'll throw out a, a message on Facebook and say, hey, we're looking for some new LOs. Here's how you have to fall in line. You're trying to weed it out. But a lot of newer people that aren't in the industry, they come and like, I'd like to be that LO. Um, I'd like to be in that LO spot. 
But like we know, if you have never been in this industry, you have no idea what it's like. It looks sexy sometimes, right? Yep. But until you get into it, you just don't know. It's very hard to uh, tell them that, right? All the things that go into it, right? Correct. We have compliance, licensing. People think, oh, I'm going to go sell cars, right? Like if you were comparing cars and loans, that's what people can think sometimes. So if you had a new LO, brand new, not in the industry coming in, right? Like what type of coaching or training are you going to do with them so they can understand? And is there a buffer? Is it a six months, you know, before they can really start selling? Like, where do you go with that? So great question. I love it. And yeah. I, I get this question all the time, um, especially, you know, as we are recruiting and, and, and expanding. You know, the first thing I tell them is, okay, we're not going to be in LO right now. You're going to be in what I like to call residency. And then hopefully after residency, you're going to be making more than an open heart surgeon. Mm. So you have to understand that, you know, in order to learn this business, you're going to be working a lot. You're going to be working nights. You're going to be working weekends, et cetera. But we're going to do one step further. The first thing that we're going to do is we are going to move you into the third party so that you understand what title is. So you understand what insurance is. So you understand what condo docs are. Mm. So you know how to look at a budget from there. We're going to move you into a processor role where you have to now understand what documentation are you going to need to clear these conditions and to, you know, understand how that file was put together and how, you know, an underwriter is going to review it and trying to get a step ahead of all that. And then from there, we'll move you into a loan officer assistant role. Now you're supporting that loan officer. You're talking to the clients. You're talking to the attorneys. You're talking to the insurance agents. You're really you know, functioning as a full-time loan officer, but you're not there yet. And then eventually you get um, promoted to a loan officer because I want my loan officers to be very well-rounded. I, I don't want them just focused on selling because anybody can sell something, but if you don't know how to put that file together, if you don't know if it's a deal or a, not a deal, well, you that's not the highest and best use of your time. So mm. if you put together tight files because you have all this back-end knowledge well, it's only going to help the client experience. It's only going to help with your pull through rate. It's only going to help with building relationships because mm -hmm. now these, these agents, attorneys, closers, they know that you know what you're doing. And so that's the approach that we use. Now, if we have a seasoned loan officers, okay, we're still going to do some 90 day onboarding. We're still going to do the things that we need to do, but we're going to do coaching on Mondays and Wednesdays. It's a non-negotiable and I have everybody even my 10-year veterans on this call. Mm. And during our coaching, we talk about, you know, things in the market, you know, what's happening, what, what investors are doing great right now, you know, what scenarios have you come up with where you've run into, or maybe you had a condition that came up that you couldn't clear. So we're really trying to have this team approach to where everyone is working together and helping out each other with their, their business. We're also talking about, you know, how are you interacting with agents? How are you interacting with uh, attorneys, title companies, insurance agents, financial planners? You know, what's your go-to? What's working right now in the market? And mm -hmm. so we really had this um, cultivation of, of <laughs> the members together, working mm -hmm. together as a team. And then to take it a step further from there, we have a company communication system where let's say, for instance, it's Saturday at six o'clock at night and you ran into a scenario. You can just fire off that scenario. Ooh. And I, I assure you, somebody will be present. Someone will be available to answer that question 
And that's just that, that cultivation that we've, we've of, of communication and working together and doing the things that are required to help each other grow. And that's where, you know, it comes into, you know, everything's based on mindset and integrity. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of how we operate. And so we have that approach, you know, going through the entire process of, of learning the back end and then the front end, or we have the front end approach where, okay, here's your 90 days, here's your onboarding. This is how we do things. This is our mindset. This is our process. We're going to work together as you bring in new files. We're going to sit, make sure that everything is done correctly to ensure that it's a smooth and stress-free process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So obviously what you're saying is it depends on the individual a lot of times, obviously seasoned versus brand new LO, right? And what I loved about what you were saying is uh, you guys have, you're the company, you have a certain set of standards and you're not, you know, really move. You found out what worked, right? And you're not bowing down to anyone with these systems because you know it works, right? Because like, like, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of people, whether good or bad, someone else might have a different model. There's a lot of Facebook or Instagram people out there, both in real estate and, and mortgage side, that are good at selling or promoting themselves, right? And whether you think it's fake or not, let's be honest, right? Again, like people that can promote and get leads, you have to know how to do it. So like you said, like you said, someone brand new is coming in, bro, you got to... You got to go through this system because we know that doesn't work. Anyone can sell, like you said, right? But right. you can only sell three or four times. Then it's crumbling down because you screwed up every loan anyway, every lead that you got, right? right? So I really love that you're holding tight and secure to your guys' values, right? And again, this is going to go back to longevity. That's how you build, I mean, 2005, right? Almost right. 20 years, a long, uh, a very solid, company that's primed for the long term because this is a career people got to know this isn't a one-off thing like come in sell some loans go do something else listen right. you got part time this is a full-time career let's take it seriously really and that's the biggest thing that you have to you know just to elaborate on that a little bit more um yeah. that's where a lot of you know brokerage shops they don't invest in the training enough mm -hmm. to put their loan officers in the best position possible Mm -hmm. And oh, when yeah. you don't invest in, you know, the training part of it, you're actually setting these uh, loan officers up for failure. And you have to understand, JP, you're, you're in this similar situation as me. When you take on someone new, it's a partnership. It's not oh, yeah. an employee. It's a partnership. We're dating in some degree yeah. for the next 90 days to figure out what's going to be best. And yeah, so we no, really I mean, want to set these clients or these uh, loan officers up on the right path for success because we want that, you know, long-term investment, because if we're doing a really good job for you, then you're going to do a really good job for us. And then it's going to create loyalty and, and it's really going to help build that relationship in the culture because there's nothing worse than showing up to a brokerage shop and not knowing what to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been through it, right? Like they just throw you in, go get leads. I mean, like you said, you worked for a bank. I started at Wells Fargo, right? Went through a couple of years there, went through a couple smaller correspondence and then led me to here. But yeah, I've been just thrown in, go get leads. And it's like, oh, okay, then what? I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. It's just not a good long-term path, right? It's just, 
It's just not. And I can already tell, like, your company being around, I, I keep harping back almost 20 years, right, going through 2008, 2009. Obviously, you guys did the right thing. Let's talk about that quick then, right? So we're in a time right now that I really, it's not going to be like a 2008, 2009, but we're in a dip right now, right? So how did it work for you guys back then with the, the crash and how's it going to be different now? Well, that's a great question. I, I mean, who knows, but the hardest part is you have to have the right mindset. You know, I look at some of these, uh, you know, chat groups, it's the doom and gloom and, you know, yep. the world's crashing around me. Well, if that's what you focus on, then that's what's going to happen. If you focus on the positivity, if you focus on thriving, then magically you're going to put yourself in a position to where business is going to come to you because you're going to do the things that are required to do money-making activities mm -hmm. that are going to help you grow. And the biggest thing I can emphasize right now is focusing on building relationships, building partnerships, mm -hmm. getting endorsed to clients. And that's what's going to push you towards that next, you know, refinance boom and hopefully the next six, 12 or 18 months. <laughs> and yeah. that is by, by building those relationships now, while people are exiting the market, you've just set yourself up for the future. And that's what we emphasized even back in 07, 08, 09 is build these relationships now. And that will help you set your foundation for the future because we have clients that have been with us for 10, 15 years that have done seven, eight, nine transactions mm -hmm. because we've helped them through that life cycle. Yep. And so you take good care of the clients, they're going to take good care of you. You take good care of the referral partners, they're going to take good care of you. Because you have to also understand that these real estate agents, they want that guaranteed paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. They want to know that JP is going to close 96% of the business that they refer because they want to feel confident that I've done all these showings, I did this negotiation, I got them a nice closing cost credit or seller credit. All right, JP, yep. are you going to get this closed or not? Yeah, I mean, it's such an, a good opportunity. Like, it's it's different right now, and this is going to really show who are the ones that want to be in this game because there's so much opportunity right now to go out and get it. Like you said, people could be exiting, and now, look, we have more opportunities to build more relationships and be an advisor. We push hard on advising, advising for anything for our clients. You need a good babysitter? Call me up. I know a lot of people, right? You need a plumber? <laughs> Call me up. I'll, I'll help you out. Right. Just a lot of just being an advisor, being a friend, being a, a, a just anything to clients, real estate agents, become their friend a little bit more and just be the person they know they go to for anything. That's what we try to push, you know, and because we do the right thing and we do get the deals done, too. That's important. But just being a good person just kind of sets you up for everything. And then we just make money on the mortgages. Correct. <laughs> you know? It's great that you say that about being an advisor. So I think of things like a giant wheel, right? And so we want to be in the center of that wheel and we want to be the one connecting them to the general contractor, the insurance agent, yep. to the real estate agent, because I always like to take the, uh, what's called the triangle approach. So it's always a two to one ratio, meaning agent, lender, Whoever the X factor is, it could be an attorney, what insurance yep. agent, whatever, but the clients in the middle. If you always have two people advocating for each other and endorsing each other, yeah. it's a two to one ratio all the time. And typically a two to one ratio is always going to win versus a one to one or a 
a one to two ratio. And so if you can really partner up with these people and, and understand that you need to find a way to, to get that two to one ratio, it could be you and an attorney, you and a financial planner, you and an insurance agent, you and a real estate agent. But if it's a one to one, you know, it, it's a little bit tougher. If it's yeah. a one to two, it's even worse because that real estate agent is trying to push them over to, to their preferred loan officer. And that's why you really want to be mindful of the people that you're also partnering with, because if they're not endorsing you, then what are we doing here? Are, are we just a transaction, you know, based relationship, or is this a, a, a actual partnership? And so we also want to vet out these, these agents and referral partners as we go yep. along the way. But if you can get that two to one ratio, it, it makes things so much easier for you. And like you said, you're not really selling anything. You're, you're basically saying, here's our products, here's our services, here's our reviews, here's this endorsement from this real estate agent who trusts us that we've been working with for over yep. five years. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah, then you're not selling. Now you're being a true just advocate for the client or real estate agent. It's really cool. That just rips everything off, you know, all that stress and pressure, like we said. Now you're not selling. You don't have to sell anything. Now you're just helping them through the process. And they just ride along with you because they know you're the one that gets it done. It's really cool. Yeah. So check it out. We have, I told you we go fast, right? We're already 37 minutes in. So we got about, you know, seven to 10 minutes, right? Always goes fast. <laughs> I always end these with two great questions. I think they're great at least, right? So first one, now this kind of goes with your strategy. This is a good segue. If you are a new LO, right, into the business, or someone that's trying to reinvent themselves, which we all do all the time as an LO, right? What's something you could tell him or her? What's a couple things that they should be thinking about right now? Well, the first thing is you have to understand that most people, when you look at your sphere of influence, knows one or two people to at least get the momentum going. We talk about momentum a lot. When you're first starting out, it's, it's tough, right? You know, let's say we have this boulder on the top of a, a hill in San Francisco, right? So we got to get the momentum going, which means that we need to be doing money-making activities. It could be a podcast. It could be, you know, social media. It could be open houses. It could be, you know, talking to people, you know, in networking events, whatever it may be. That's your money-making activities. And you need to do as much as you possibly can and, and literally talk to anybody and everyone who's going to listen to you. And mm -hmm. that's going to create the momentum. And then as that, that boulder gets moving down the hill, the only way that it's going to stop is if you decide to stop doing the money-making activities. You, you basically push that break and say, okay, I got enough in the pipeline right now. I'm just going to coast for the next 30 to 60 days. Wow. And that's the wrong way to do it. What you do in the next 30 days impacts you 60, 90, 120 days later. And so you have to get that momentum going. And that's where like having a really good coach, a mentor like yourself, and really teaching these people that, hey, it's a purchase game. These are the things that you have to do. These are non-negotiables that you have to do every single day if you want to be successful in this business. Is this a job or is this a career? Because if it's a career, I can teach you all this stuff. If it's a job, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to work with you. But getting yeah. those money-making activities going and moving that boulder and just getting them going a little bit is only going to help you out because that one transaction leads to two or three more that leads to another endorsement. So don't focus on what you don't have focus on what 
you're building and what you're doing because this it's when is the last time something easy has really turned out you know for that's sustainable yep it, it, so it that would be advice number one is getting the that momentum going networking talking to your sphere your sphere is going to endorse you to other people as well so if you mm -hmm. let everyone know what you do i i lend money eventually they know one or two people that are looking to purchase or looking to refinance when rates are a little bit better, you know, maybe they're looking to do cash out, but somebody knows somebody. And the funny thing about all this is there is business circling around us constantly. Yep. It's just that people don't know what we do. And so then you go to social media and you see, congratulations, we just bought oh. our first house. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, oh my God. Like, oh. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. We, I was speaking to someone the other day and it was, uh, it sounds like you're a rule guy, right? Like the rule of 250, right? This is like the rule of 60, right? And maybe I can give something back to you, whatever. But if you're starting, go find 60 people, right? In your sphere, like you're saying, maybe, I mean, there's a ton of realtors out there. You probably know seven to 10 realtors. There's 10 of the 60. The other 50 are people that you would like invite to your birthday party, right? That's how I try to bring it up. Get that. And then you feel comfortable. If we're talking about momentum, right? Now you're comfortable reaching out to those people and just saying, Yo, what's up, man? Whatever. Just letting you know, this is what I do. No pressure, nothing at all. I just want to make sure you know what I do if, in case you, your coworkers need something, your family, whatever it is. Just letting you know I'm here. All right, buddy, later. Like, no pressure. But, and it's an easy call. We don't remember the cold calls day, days. I'm like sweating before every call. I couldn't do it. I'm like, I'm out. I can't do it. So that's how I built my business for eight years. It's just been just talking to people I know. Whatever. This is what I do. No pressure. I don't care if you use me. And then when you say that, then they want to use you for some reason, I'll, whatever it is. So the rule of 60 is what we try to present. Just go find 60 people that you could easily talk to and then just start there. And it works. And that's great because, you know, it's easier to have that, you know, warm introduction or pick up the phone and talk to someone who's a friend, a family member or an acquaintance yeah. or even get that endorsement from someone else in your sphere to go talk to this other person. Or that. I remember like Troy telling me stories where, at his first company ever, they literally ripped pages out of a phone book and he would literally sit there and call people. He had no connection to them. Nope. And that's the hard part about leads is you're calling these people. You don't know really anything about them. You have no idea, even if they're looking to purchase or if that's a recycled lead from five years ago, or if yeah. they've been hammered 20 different times. But if you build it your way, the organic way, the, the stress-free way, the endorsement way, that's going to be a, a very sustainable business model for you. Otherwise, it, you know, these lead systems just go back to the transaction. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people do them and they can make a lot of money at it. And that's what they're good at. Sure. But I'm also of the mindset like you, like it's easier for me to pick up the phone and talk to someone I know than to talk to someone who's just, you know, someone who's a, a random person that I have. I don't even know if we, we even vibe together. Yeah, I don't, I, that's crazy to me, <laughs> in my opinion. I get the buying lead. You need a whole robust system and you got to weed them and. You got to really hit them. And that's cool. Right. But again, like I got three kids at home. I coach baseball. I do this. I do that. Like I need to be, I need this to be as stress-free as possible, <laughs> you know, right now. And talking to people I like is going to allow me to do that. You well, know? and you also want the consistency in, in your paycheck too. And yep. knowing that, Hey, you know, this is what's coming in this week. And this is what's coming in next week. You know, with the lead systems and that sometimes there's, there's a lot of uncertainty and you're, you're right. really relying on that personal phone call connection. You know, that elevator speech that you've been given for, 
you know, for the first 30 seconds to, to win them over or, or whatever it may be. Whereas if it's an endorsement or someone that you, you know, personally, it's going to make things so much easier for you. And it's going to be more of a sustainable business, yes. a long-term business, and more of a guaranteed paycheck to some degree, if you're doing things the right way. Correct. All right. Last question. Where do you see the industry, whether it's real estate, mortgage, whatever, the next three to five years, any changes that you see that comes to your mind that, you know, we're going to have to work towards? I'm super excited. Like I'm over the moon uh, right now in this time period, because it's weeding out the people that what I like to call the struggle buddies. Yep. And it's allowing the people that actually do good business to rise up and shine and, and really create these legitimate relationships. Because I always think of things like this, you know, if you're working with a struggle bunny, we don't know if you're getting that five-star experience. We don't know if you're getting the best possible financing for your situation. And so I love the fact that things are getting weeded out because it's, you know, the longer you're in the business, the more profit you're going to make, the more relationships that you're going to create. And so over the next three to five years, I'm super excited about it because you've seen you know, mass layoffs, you've seen this, and it sucks that those people were laid off, but could that a company have done a little bit better job of training those people and coaching them and building them? Because if you think about it, like the writing was on the wall 12 months ago, 18 months ago, that rates were going to have to go up. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't have been a sticker shock in January when people were like, oh my God, rates have rates of balloon. Like these are the things that as, as loan officers, we got to be preparing for six, eight, 12, 18 months out as to what are the changes in the market. I think the rates are going to go up a little bit more. And then I think it's going to be a tiering system of rates dropping a little bit, dropping uh -huh. a little bit more. But I ultimately think that rates are going to be lower than what we've ever seen in the next 18, 24 months, because there are some things in, the, in this industry, not necessarily our industry, but other industries that have to do a major course correct mm -hmm. uh, in order for all this to get back to where it needs to be. And so I'm, I'm pumped. I'm super excited. You know, we're in expansion mode. We're in, you know, thriving mode. You know, all my loan officers and employees are super happy right now cool. <laughs> because they, they just know that we're building something the right way. And just like you, you're in thrive mode right now. And yeah. it's, it's an exciting time for us because expansion mode is when, when you're in a market like this, like, the hard part is when you start compressing, you're, you're mm -hmm. operating out of fear rather than certainty. Mm -hmm. And so everyone should be expanding right now. And it's not necessarily, you know, recruiting loan officers that were 100%, you know, purchase business. It could be that, you know, that B, B uh, loan officer, C loan officer who is wanting to succeed. Yeah. Because want is the most powerful source in what I like to call the universe, right? If you want something bad enough, you're going to really make it happen. And so I don't mind taking that, that loan officer who is, who's closing a half a million or a million dollars a month that wants to expand their business. I can teach you that, but I can't teach you one. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, Craig, man, I appreciate the, the positivity. I loved it. This energized me. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate, uh, appreciate what you guys have done with your company for almost 20 years. Um, it, it's really cool, man. And I wish you best of luck. If you need anything, let me know. And I hope I could reach out to you if I need something. Awesome. You know, always here to help wherever I can. Cool, man. Thanks, Craig. I appreciate it, buddy. All right. See you. Have a great day. All right. You too. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? 
The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Get healthcare for your team, submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you will have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait and sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.